This is Saturday, November 20th, and we're finishing up this week of When Love Comes to Town. Now, perhaps you heard the funny story of the person that was playing Bible roulette. Now, it's not Russian roulette with a gun, but with a Bible. The way you play it is you open your Bible to a random page and you drop your finger on a random verse. Then you read it and take it as God's message to you. One poor misguided person went to his Bible playing Bible roulette and he randomly turned to Matthew chapter 27 verse 5. And he, that's Judas, cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went out and hanged himself. Oh, he read this verse and he was troubled. He'd chosen it at random. How could this be God's word to him? So the man became anxious and quickly turned to another random page and placed his finger on the first verse that he found. Luke 10.37 Then Jesus said unto him, Go and do thou likewise. <laughs> okay, what are you going to do with that? Now, of course, we need, we need to read Scripture in context. Otherwise, we can twist Scripture to say, Almost anything. Here's our text for today, Jeremiah 29, 11-14. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Now that first verse I read for today has been chosen by so many people as their favorite verse in the Bible. It's this stunning promise of goodwill from God toward us. God wants to give us a hope and a future. But before we rush to claim that verse for our own, would we want to be in the place that the people were when they received that word from the Lord? Yes, they were a people that had lost everything. Their world was first turned upside down and destroyed. Judah went through a 20-year saga of occupation by the Babylonians that ended in the destruction of Jerusalem. They'd been carried back to exile in Babylon. It was an 800-mile walk that took months. The best example from U.S. history is called the Trail of Tears. Five tribes of Native Americans, the Seminole, Creek, Cherokee, Choctaw, and Chickasaw Indians, were forcibly removed from their ancestral homelands to, the plate, to places in the Midwest, as ordered by the Indian Removal Act of 1830. About 60,000 people were displaced. Many of them died on the journey, and those that lived found themselves in a place that would never feel like home. You see, this is what had happened to the people of Judah. And in the midst of this moment, God tells his people he has a future for them. There is a purpose, and he wants them to prosper. This sounds as strange as Bible roulette. How are you going to believe this is the word of God? They had seen everything but peace and prosperity. 
And from their perspective, they had no future. But this is precisely why this passage is so beautiful and powerful. It's not only because of God's promise, and by the way, he does go on to fulfill it, but it's because of the pain they experienced and the loss that they knew so well. It would be like promising the, that the Marlins would win the, new, the World Series. <laughs> but yes, the World Series has already passed. It's just not possible. For how would it be possible for the Lord to extricate his people from the grip of the most powerful country on earth and to resettle them back in their homeland? How's that going to happen? It seems like a pipe dream. And often this is how the gospel sounds to people today. You tell me that God came to earth? I'm not even sure I believe in God. And that he died for me and rose from the grave? He defeated death? And he's coming again to bring the fullness of his kingdom? Really? You've got to be kidding me. But this is the nature of the good news. God plans to give us a future that is the source of our hope today. It's not wishful thinking. We know this is God's plan and that it's already afoot. It's underway in Jesus. How can we know? We see this in his resurrection. And in God's promise to then make all things new. Yes, it is true. We often feel like a people in exile, a displaced, a mislocated people. And yes, the return of Jesus and the fullness of his kingdom, it's, it's not likely to come today. Though that is our desire and we're always to anticipate his coming. Yes, 70 years later, God did the unthinkable. God made good. On his promise. The unthinkable happened as the exiles were allowed to return and to rebuild the temple and the walls of Jerusalem. Yes, we can know the plans God has for us, plans to prosper us, to give us a hope and a future. This isn't the announcement that all is hunky dory right now, so don't worry about it, but it's the promise that a new world is coming in Christ. Here's what Jesus told his disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, so that you also may be where I am. That's John 14, 1-3. Let's pray. Lord God, it's been so long. Your people have waited so very long. Help us not to waver in our faith or to live in fear. Enable us by your Spirit to trust in your promises for us. Empower us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and to wait for his appearing at the same time that we live on mission, the mission that you have for us in him. For we pray in his name. Amen.